Hi, this is Jay of the Dead, and you're listening to the Joe Blow Horror Show. Yeah, buddy. I'm back. Back in the Joe Blow Show. Yeah, bud. friends to the Jovo Horror Show where we review, rate, discuss, and break down horror movies, horror films, <laughs> and everything in between. I am your host, Boss Tuna, and with me, as always, is the Herbal Enchanted, Hogzilla, Pounder, Chugging, Rage and Cajun, Voodoo Ranger, himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tibu, what's up, buddy? Hey, Tuna, buddy. Yeah, I'm pounding it. I, I, I've been pounding it all hey, fucking day. Pounded something, aren't you? All kinds of ways. Yeah, I don't know what rumors are flying around in the Discord lately, but holy shit. Anyway, mm. uh, yeah, great to be here. It, yeah, yeah. Hop in that Discord and uh, check out the rumors. So <laughs> speaking of rumors, let's uh, get this OnlyFans, I mean, this uh, podcast going here. So a little change of scenery, as typically Tibu is the one that is on the road working, but you yeah. look like you're at home. Yes. How does it feel being back home? You're on the road all the time. The tables have turned, my friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I was making money, but, you know, I'm chilling. Where yeah. the fuck are you in your so, fancy hotel room? Yep. I am currently in a hotel. I am in Minneapolis for a work conference. So this might be the first time that I have done the show from a hotel and you have done a majority of the shows from the hotel. So it's yeah. kind of a weird, weird uh, uh, table that's been turned. I don't know. I've yeah. said that twice already. A, a new config. A new configuration, if you will. Yeah, this is probably the third configuration or fourth configuration that we've had <laughs> with yeah. uh, with everything. So, but speaking of leather Cheerios, uh, let's get into the topic here. We, I, sh- I suppose, we should probably explain what's going on because probably our savvy listeners probably seen the title and they're like, "Wait a second, that doesn't make sense. What's going on?" I decided, we decided that we're going to change things up again. So uh, I think if if we're being honest here, I think people probably come here most for the reviews. So we're going to kind of take out some of the fluff and instead of having an episode of segment discussion and all that other stuff, we're just going to go and blend it right back in with the reviews. So what we're doing is we're going to have one episode is going to be the old movie with a discussion topic. The new movie is going to have a review and it's going to have a segment. So 
shorter episodes should be easier to release to you guys at a more consistent schedule. Shorter makes it easier for you guys to listen to. So you're not going to have those two and a half, whatever hour episodes that we get long at sometimes. So I'm just hoping to get a little bit more of a consistent schedule out, more reviews for you guys and still having some fun. So, yeah, it's like what you said. It's we're basically going back to what sort of was the, the old formula, just trimming a little bit more fluff out of it. That's all it is. Um, so if people want to know more of our thoughts, like you said, hop on the Joe Blow Horror Show Discord. Um, mm-hmm. You could you could find us on Discord just by searching the Joe Blow Horror Show or hit us up on any social media. We'll get you a link if you want. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to switching it back up. I think one movie per episode is a good way to go. And I like that we're keeping the old new. So we mm-hmm. get to divvy it up a little bit. And some listeners, again, those savvy Joe Blow uh, connoisseurs, out there will know that we've updated our year so our new um what is it 1995 correct or 1994 is is the cutoff for the old and the new oh man you put me on the spot i don't even know I, yeah i think the old starts at like 95 now and the yeah. new starts at 96 is what it was Okay, so there we go. So, yep. So we went from 95 to 96 for the new, just because, you know, time keeps on ticking. <laughs> but <laughs> anyways, I had something else I was going to bring up too. I can't remember. Um, but I guess we are going to be giving up the shotgun reviews and our kind of news segment. You know what makes me sad about that, though, Tiba, more than anything are those bumpers. Like, I love the transitions. So maybe I'll just, like, randomly throw them in episodes somewhere. But, I mean, <laughs> let us know. If if you guys really miss those and like those, let us know, and we'll put them back, I guess. But yeah. we're trying to yeah. just cut some stuff out to make everything a little bit more concise, succinct, throwing some big words at you, leather cheerio. We're going to also educate, yeah. Everyone's learning what leather Cheerios are, and they're learning mm-hmm. these 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 proper terms. Mm-hmm. Proper, uh. Uh, succulent, or no, exquisite. That was exquisite. Exquisite, yeah. yeah. Uh. The, this episode is going to be exquisite. Oh so, yeah, bud. <laughs> exquisite. Anyways, I can't talk anymore. I'm getting fucking dry mouth here. Let's pop in and see uh, what the bartender's serving up, eh? Well, nothing has changed on the Boss Tuna front. I'm still being a little bitch and not drinking beer, which this, this, if you picture the Joe Blow Horror Show in a physical term, it's got a foundation. And that foundation is built off of three things. It's horror movies. Yeah. It's beer. Of course. And it's it's disgusting jokes. And I'm giving up one of those things right now <laughs> so the joe blow horror show is unstable and i'm just hoping that we can power through until we get back because i have from the hotel bar i've been drinking bourbon because there's zero carbs in there can't get hashtag shredded six-pack abs if you're crushing beers and you no. 
40 years old. So um, <laughs> this is uh, last last week, I believe I had some Basil Hayden. And this week it's uh, it's Bullet Bourbon. It's the rye. Funny story. So I'm in Minneapolis right now at a big conference for work and um, walking around, you know, you've got like your big main ballroom and then you've got, you know, 5,000 vendors that want you to sign up for something and they're giving stuff away. They're like, drop a business card. I never do that stuff because you just get bombarded with phone calls and emails. But the first booth I walked by, I see from the side profile, I'm like, I know that's a fucking bottle of Basil Hayden, you son of a bitch. Because I got like that little metal strap on it. And that lady sees me eyeing it. And she's like, you want it, don't you? And I'm like, wait, you saw a lady with a metal strap on eyeing you and she asked you if you wanted it? <laughs> Dude, what hotel are you at? What kind of work conference is uh, this? It's a furry conference. No, I'm kidding. No, the <laughs> bottle. If anyone's ever seen a bottle of Basil Hayden, it's it's got like a metal strap on it. But I was eyeing it up. <laughs> and uh, not, not strap on, strap on it. On it. There you go. Would that, wouldn't that be hilarious? You just like, oh man, I got this bottle of whiskey the other day that had a big dildo hanging off of it <laughs> <laughs> they've got they all i'm sure that they've made something some alcoholic beverage somewhere that's With got a dildo. dick oh my god d- well not a dildo hanging off of it but at least a dick on it there's got to be a oh yeah a for sure a dick for sure but don't yeah, worry just man. talking about a metal strap on them could you imagine like just pouring a bottle of whiskey and it's just got like a big dildo that's knocking your glass all around i would drink a i would drink a whole a whole bottle of whiskey if it was poured through a metal dildo yeah, because you could probably fit the whole thing in your mouth and just yep. chug a lug, bud. Yep, I'd be right hey, at home. That would put a whole new meeting on butt chug. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> they had a guy die from doing that, from shoving alcohol up his ass. He had his people, wife do it, and, and he died. People do it, die all the time. It's because you don't have a stomach to process it, and it's just like, boom, your blood turns to straight fucking like the, like the viscosity of water. Anyways, we're getting way off topic here. But yeah, that lady, I was tempted to throw my business card in there because there's like only three in there. And I'm like, man, that's a really good odds for a bottle of fucking good bourbon. But nope, I'm sticking to the bullet bourbon, the rye. And that's what I'm drinking. Just just plain Jane. What about you, buddy? As you you, uh, dubbed me earlier, that voodoo ranger, I'm drinking, you know, my tried and true. My fancy gas station beer, and don't worry, I'll drink enough for the both of us. So I got you. <sighs> you're a true friend. You, yes. you never, you never call your friends back, but you're a true friend. I can't believe I'm getting <laughs> shit for this, even on the goddamn show. <laughs> hey, I'm here, everyone's, motherfucker. Everyone's got one of those, you know. Everyone's got one of those. Hey, I'll call you right back three days later. I am that guy. I'm. I'm. Mm-hmm. It's not just with you, bro. It's with everybody. Mm-hmm. It is. Ask Frank Esposito. God bless him. Oh, that boy, that boy is probably man. waiting for a phone call from like eight months ago. <laughs> Frank Esposito. I'm, I'm thinking of who's the guy from uh, uh, Day of the Dead. Not oh. Frank. Uh. <laughs> he, he he was in uh, Land of the Dead as well, too. Oh, John Leguizamo? No, John Leguizamo wasn't in fucking Day of the Dead, you goofball. Uh, Captain Rhodes. Oh. Man, Joe Mangiamelli. I don't know. He's got like a freaking super. Anyways, Juan Carlos Esposito from Breaking Bad. Juan Carlos Esposito. Gus. Gus. Yeah, that's Gus, baby. Gus is chicken. (laughs) Well, I think uh, it is time to get into 
our discussion this week. So it's your turn. Mm-hmm. You chose the topic. Why don't you introduce it? Yeah, this is I've been thinking about a lot lately because, well, I've been recently affected. So what is the most effective horror film you have ever seen in your entire fucking life? I don't just mean for me, this is the way I'm I'm posing the question and it's to myself. You could you can take it how you want, but it it's not necessarily a movie that scared the shit out of you when you were just a kid. It or um not even necessarily your favorite horror movie, but just the movie that scared you the most out of any movie, caused the most feelings, um, led you down the most thought rabbit holes, I guess, like mental rabbit holes. Um just straight up, I don't know, man. Like, can't you cannot divorce horror from this movie? This movie fills you with dread and fear and all the bad feels, all dread the bad the, feelings. Dread and the fugitive mind. That's a little Ricky's ripping riffs for oh, those shit. that might uh, get that. It's a song title, anyways. Oh. <laughs> keep going. No, that's that's pretty much what what the, okay. what I'm what I'm posing there. It, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? This is your show right now. Well, when my old answer for this would have been the evil dead from 1981, okay. that, that movie has stuck with me to this day. I, and I could still say sometimes to this day, if I'm watching the movie with the right mood, the right atmosphere, said it can still scare me and kind of get to me. Okay. That's different now. Um, <laughs> skin of a rink is the new one. No shit. This, Oh, this is officially the scariest movie I've ever seen, and it has not left my mind since I first watched it. It has no not shit. left. So a little side tangent here for those that are not on Discord, hop on Discord because there is apparently some kind of inside joke or something going around. And the way you guys talk about it, I thought that this you guys were like ribbing, teasing this movie that it was bad. No. So, okay, okay. Well, I I, I'm I'm not. Well, I make fun of it because it's funny. Because mm-hmm. I I I see what is funny about it, what or what could be made fun of, and I do find it humorous. But okay, me and Brian from Chuddle the Pod are the only two people that I know of that actually genuinely love this movie. Um, okay, yeah, dude, this I've I've not felt dread or fear like this in anything else. It's difficult to watch. It's a very difficult movie for me to watch and. Mm. And um, just the concept alone. When I went into it, I had no idea that it was going to be a horror film. Um, it's it's that it was going to be a horror film. You said a cosmic horror film. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I thought it was going to be a found footage movie. It's not. It's not a found footage at all. Okay. It's it's an experimental cosmic horror movie that involves. Do you know the the premise? No, no, I was going to say, try to explain this in a way, because I, I haven't seen it. I know a lot of our listeners haven't seen it. So give us like a spoiler free kind of why it is a movie that we're discussing right now for your discussion. The premise of this film, and this is something you find just Googling it or, or researching it, whatever, is that two kids wake up alone in the middle of the night. Their Their parents are missing, and so are all of the doors and windows of their house. So they're trapped inside their house. That's the premise. Okay. What what unfolds, it quickly becomes cosmic. And it's it's 
what 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 fucks with me about this movie is that these these kids are so young they have no idea what they're dealing with and the shit that happens to them it, it's just it's an emotional thing my emotions my, my feelings go out there for those kids and it's a little personal too so there's that as a big factor that i didn't even realize until my second watch <laughs> honestly mm-hmm. my first watch was just absorbing and and trying to understand the movie okay Second watch is when it hit me on that real deep, emotional, visceral level. And it's just something I can't shake. I cannot shake it. I, I, we, we just did a Dune's Cantina where I basically talked about Skinnamarink for the whole episode. And I'm putting out a solo cast, which I haven't done in forever. Oh, no shit. Yeah. My, my boner's got a boner thinking about that. Yeah, it's and it's edited. It's in the bank. It'll be out in a few days. So by the time listeners hear this, they can go hear that too. If they, but I highly recommend watching the movie first. And I'm gonna say, it's gonna test your patience. It's gonna, but try to turn all the lights off. This is the best way to watch Skinnamarink. Unquestioned. Turn all the lights off. Be alone. Don't have anyone around you. Watch it on a laptop with your earbuds in. I swear to God, this is how this movie is meant to be seen. I swear to God. And, All right. and and you 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 have now set yourself up to watch it the, the best way possible and just go in and off. Don't don't God just let it take you. Just let it take you because if, I it, am, if it if it gets you, you're 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 fucked. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this in my dark ass basement at night and I'm gonna yeah. watch it. I mean, I'm not gonna be home for a while, for a few days, but when I get home. I'm gonna watch it in my dark ass basement, and I will definitely be checking out um, your solo cast on that. That gets me pretty excited. I want to throw this out there too, just because it's in the same conversation, and it's also recent, and it's cosmic as fuck and crazy as fuck. Is the Outwaters? Watch that as well. Yeah, fucking dope. Yeah. Yep, that's on my list. I know uh, Skidmarink is on Shutter. Outwaters, I don't believe that's streaming anywhere just yet because it was just in theaters. It's it's going to so, uh, screen box. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sweet. So I'm going to name a handful of movies just so you know where I was coming from, because it's funny when you texted me that this was the topic. I, I texted you we texted at the exact same time as far as what your thoughts were and kind of where I was coming from. So, you know, when you say effective, it's funny because I've been you know, lately I've been, well, previously I had been cramming 2022s because we're, you know, spoiler alert, we're recording our best of 2022 episode here next week. So I had previously been just cramming 2022s and I hate watching movies in that manner because you're sometimes, well, for me, at least I know some people can watch multiple a day. For me, it's like, you know, one a day or one every other day. And I hate doing that because you don't have enough time to process and they kind of blend in with each other. And I was thinking about the movies and I, 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 my ratings weren't as high as I was expecting on certain ones. And I was like, I think I just, there's a certain type of movie that gets me and it, it affects me in a certain way. So when you talked about this as a discussion topic, I was like, okay, I got a handful. So here's a few movies that I had in mind that I was going to talk about, and I'll explain why I didn't. 
So Jaws was one, The Shining, Funny Games, and a Serbian film. So those were the four that I was going to talk about because you say effective. If you think about those, they're effective in each of their own way. Uh, funny games in a Serbian film more closely related. If you you know if you know you know kind of thing, but Jaws as far as being effective with yeah, there's still today people are talking about that movie and how they're scared to go on the ocean and water and everything. But anyways, I didn't want to pick those because I thought that was kind of I don't know if low hanging fruit is the term, but it would almost be too easy. So I picked what I consider a new classic. And that is Hereditary 2018. Mm -hmm. So the reason I picked that is because when you were explaining what you were looking for out of this, you were saying a movie that encompasses everything as far as scares um, and it gets you thinking and and all that type of stuff. And this is, you know, it, it comes with Ari Aster and all of his movies, but this one, I feel especially because this one more so than, you know, Midsummer, for example, has that, that I would say shock value. It's more of a horror movie, especially the, the last act, how it ramps up. So it's very psychological and it gets in your head and it's, you know, there's certain scenes in that movie, the telephone scene and the piano wire scene and hanging. And I mean, there's just shit in there that is just fucking just, just straight fear factor, you know, just builds and builds and builds. So that movie sits with me. And it's one of those where if I have, you know, we hired a new girl at work and she found out I liked scary movies. And she's like, what should I see? And I was like, I got one for you. It's always my go-to. I'm like, you watch this. And if you like this, then we'll have more conversations about horror movies. So it's my go-to. Nice. That's a good go-to. And I liked, I did not expect that answer. I honestly thought you were coming at me with the shining. I kind of thought that. I, yeah. Yeah. I, that, I, I really, that I would have, you know, the shining and, and those other movies I had mentioned um, just because, I don't know. We, we, no, we you spent did the so same much thing time. I did, man. We, yep. we we both switched it up. I mean, because yeah. I could have went Evil Dead because that's the classic yep. from my life. And yeah. Sh Shining is your big love like that. Ed. But yeah, I also I want to point out that Aster in Hereditary trained you how to watch the film while you watch it. Mm -hmm. Skinnamarink and the Outwaters do the same thing. They the, okay. the, the, the filmmakers there. Kyle Edward Ball and Robbie Banfitch, respectively, of each film, train how to watch the movie plays out. Um, that's that's I don't even know. You can't teach someone how to do that, and and I don't think I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the psychology behind that. But awesome pick. I and agree a hundred percent. I want to throw a little special shout out too, and I know this up once before, but uh, it follows is another one that it's yep. not even it's not even one of my favorite horror movies like that, but. But that movie sticks with me in my mind. Mm -hmm. And S Smile is a new one that's doing that too. It just yep. the idea of it and, and the way the movie is, it just, ooh, it just crawls in there. Even The Void. And, and the Void is that for me too. The Void. <laughs> that's a freak show right there. Cause yep. Yep. yeah, that movie's so dope. Canadians make the best goddamn cosmic horror movies. Skin of Marines, Canadian. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Oh. Never thought of that. There you go. <laughs> Check them out. Skin of Marines, a dinky dink and hereditary 2018 what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things i have ever heard at no point 
in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. For now, we're going to take a quick break, and you guys are going to hear the trailer for the movie that we will be talking about. So stay tuned. Captain Cacho, Benson. In order for life to have appeared spontaneously on Earth, there first had to be hundreds of millions of protein molecules of the ninth configuration. Benson. But given the size of the planet Earth, do you know how long it would take for just one of these protein molecules to appear? Entirely by chance. Vincent. Roughly 10 to the 243rd power billions of years. And I find that far, far more fantastic than simply believing in a God. Every time I do these and I introduce a movie, it reminds me back when at home we had the theater. So before like internet, you know, it's like Thursday or whatever, you're calling in to see what's going to be dropping on Friday. And it was the the exact same guy for like 15 years that owned the theater. And he answered, you'd call a number and they'd tell you the movie times over the phone. And I have that burnt into my brain and I just could recite it. Hello, and thank you for calling Cinema 6. This week, for your viewing pleasure, we have, in number one, Skinema Rink, rated R, showtime starting at 4 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 9.30, 12.30. Yeah. Same thing in, same thing in Eunice, Louisiana. That was our closest uh, theater. It had three screens, really small, the Queen Cinema. And one of the employees there wasn't the same person. But one of the employees there would do that same thing, and you'd call in yep. to see what the movies were going to be that week. I had the same thing going on, dude. That's that's crazy. I just the guy. It's it's been I don't even know twenty five years since I've called that number, but I can like it's burnt into my fucking brain. Fuck so here, me. here we go. This week for your listening pleasure, we have our <laughs> old movie is nineteen eighties, the ninth configuration. This is starring. Okay, I'll stop with that. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, old movie this week, The Ninth Configuration, rated R, 1980, as I said. This is coming in just under two hours at an hour and 58 minutes. Um, this is directed by William Peter Blatty, who is actually more known probably as a writer. Uh, he he wrote the Exorcist original book and uh, did some other directing with Exorcist 3 and whatnot, but he's mainly known for that. The cast in this is surprising. I've never really heard of this movie. Um, well, I, let me rephrase that. I've I've heard of the movie, but I didn't know anything about it. I just heard it being talked about in our circle, you know, of other podcast hosts and whatever. I've never listened to reviews or anything, so I had no idea what it was about. But this is uh, starring Stacy Keach 
as Vincent Kane, very recognizable. Um, you'll probably, I mean, he was, he was the commander and escape from LA and was in a handful of other movies. I don't know the born legacy, uh, as well. Scott Wilson played captain Billy Cutshaw. I know him most as Herschel in the walking dead. So I, I what? Yeah. Yep. Wait, cut the astronaut. Yes. Oh, from yes. The Walking Dead. Wow. Yeah, he was he was Herschel from The Walking Dead. Maggie's Maggie's dad. I gotta say, my favorite one that I noticed. I know you're going through them, but I noticed Robert Loggia. Yes. Right. Yeah, dude. That, he wasn't even in the movie that much. He only had no, a couple I of know, scenes. But, and uh, what's Homeboy's name from The Exorcist? Is in this shit? Uh, was it Ed Flanders? No, fucking he father. No, uh, father. Uh. Oh God damn it, man! He was the guy from The Exorcist. He was he was the guy that was uh working on the play with the, the dogs. Oh, oh my God! I didn't even. He's Father Karras in The Exorcist. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Do you see Tom Atkins is in this too as Sergeant Krabs? Tom fucking Atkins. Yeah, he. When I saw his face, <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, what the fuck?" Yeah, yeah, it's hilarious seeing them old. And and Richard Joe... Lynch was it? Richard Lynch. I don't know the actor's name, but Joe's in this movie too, and he's from Rocky. Oh, Joe Spinella, yeah. I was, dude, I yep. just, everybody I saw in this, I was like, this cast is Ed top Ed Flanders, notch. Neville Brand, yeah, George Desenzo, Moses Gunn. He played Major Namek. Robert Loja. When yeah, I heard he, that name too, they said uh, Major Namek. I was like, like, like Namek, like Piccolo, like Dragon Ball. Yeah, this movie's awesome. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Steven, <laughs> Steven Sandor. I'm trying to think. Well, there are so many people in this, but ultimately it was, Basically, just between, uh, I guess we'll say Colonel Vincent, uh, you know, Captain Billy Cutshaw, and then is it Reno or no, Fell? Fell. Oh, there it is right there. There's a shirt. Yep. So yeah, Dragon Ball all day. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, I, I can't remember who he was, and I'm not going to drag us down in this, but he's the guy that whoever's doing the dog play is. Yes. Or, yep. He, the, he's, yeah. yeah, he's kind of the partner of, um, Joe yeah. Spinell, him and yep. Joe Spinell are yep. buddies. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're re they're reworking Shakespeare <laughs> with dogs. And having dogs. Yep. <laughs> okay. I know the audience yeah. is like, what are they talking about? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off so hard, but this cast was just kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go, go go ahead, man. My bad. What do you think this got on uh uh the the, the IMDb? Uh I'm gonna hope for like an 8.2 is what I'm gonna hope for. It was high, not that high. 6.8. Okay. What about Rotten Tomatoes? Eighty percent is like you're just going eighty percent even. Yeah, because it was eighty percent even. I didn't look this up. <laughs> I only <laughs> did that because I wanted eight somewhere in there. Because I'm like, this movie's got to be, it's got to be liked by critics. I want. It, I didn't look this up at all either. By the way, the only thing I looked up was after I watched it was what does the ninth configuration term mean? Cause they talk about it in the film, but they don't really go into it. No. It makes me wonder if in Blatty's book, if he really goes into it, cause I bet he does You right. know what, what that term means. Um, let me not get too, too caught up in all that yet though. Go ahead. I'll bring that up later. Uh, budget, any guess or idea for a budget? Uh, the budget for this movie, man, 1980, and it's pretty much like just like two locations. I'm going to guess three. I'm going to 
1980, and it's a pretty big set. Pretty decent cast. I'm going to guess three to five mil, man, somewhere in there. So I found two numbers. Uh, one of them is two and a half million, and another is four million. So All you're right. pretty close. We'll just say right in the middle there as far as that goes. So Sweet. Uh, yeah, you're talking about the ninth configuration, what it means. Let's just give a quick little synopsis here what's it about it's a former marine arrives at a mental asylum housed in a remote castle to run it there he attempts to rehabilitate the patients by letting them act out their craziest fantasies and desires okay tibu i talked a little bit about this movie have you ever heard of this movie before no well i did in the way that you how i've heard of it i've just seen it in passing like i just have seen it maybe scrolling through it wasn't until recently either that I saw this um, okay. scrolling through different movie watching service like that. I've never even heard anyone else talk about this movie, not even other podcast hosts. So uh, this is completely new to me. And I wanted to ask you, what made you, is, is it just that? Because I well, am hard. If this, saying- is ho- if this is horror, it's fringe as fuck. Yeah. It is. I just, that was one of the things I was going to bring up and we'll just tackle that right now. So I, I had this on my IMDb list. Yes. My 998, whatever fucking movie list thing that was on there. So I, I, I've got a couple lists. I've got like my big master list of like my 900 some, and I was scrolling through just to make sure there wasn't any like 2022s I'd missed when I was doing my, you know, watching, and I saw this, so I put it on my podcast list of this is one I want to talk about. It's funny because you talk about the lack of horror in it, which we'll get that. But IMDb has this listed as comedy, drama, horror, mystery, thriller. So it's it's just like a cornucopia. It's, it's a genre bender. Yeah, mm-hmm. like because I was going to ask you that. And then I kind of answered my own question. You heard other horror people talking about it. So that's why. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, this movie is listed as a horror movie pretty much everywhere you look for it. Yep. So I do see sort of where horror elements come into it's it. It's just very dark as I. Th- yeah, it, it's a dark storyline. It's got a dark third act. But just I, I mean, the movie feels like it's, it's two different halves. The first mm-hmm. half feels like a gonzo comedy. And the second half is dark as fuck. Yeah. And and I'm going to, I'm we'll get there. We're going to get there as we talk about this movie, but you already know the word I'm going to use later. You already know what's coming. Exquisite. Well, that's one of them, but you know another one. It's mm-hmm. coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's coming because it does mm-hmm. that. This movie un- unabashedly goes there. So yeah, I was right there with it when it did it. I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah. Well, let's, let's get into it then. Sometime in, in the 1970s, it, it's got to be during Vietnam or, or towards the end of it. Um, yet there's this castle in the middle of fucking nowhere. I think they say it's the, the Pacific North, Northwest. North, uh, was it Northwest or Northeast? I think the Northwest is said. Okay. Could be wrong about that. But the, the, the government, there, there's a bunch of guys that are like dropping out of the army and, and everything else. They, they, they're claiming that they're, you know. Uh, either troubled they they clearly have gone crazy and when you see the characters in this film but this whole opening scene like you get the sadness of um 
what turns out to be uh, Colonel Kane. And he's just, I could tell that sad boy. I saw him sitting by a window with the rain raining outside. I'm like, yeah, you said, I think that was him. I don't fucking remember. Dude. Okay. So I watched this on Tubi and you know how like sometimes Tubi's got like ads or commercials or something in the beginning. I thought that like something was messed up where there was a commercial playing, but it was showing the movie because that I I had I was looking sideways at the TV like what the fuck am I listening to? I just felt that did not fit at all. And the opening, it's not like it fit the opening either, I guess. It's it seems like that was more me. It didn't really throw you off a little bit having that weird fucking No, no, it threw it threw me big time. I was okay. like like when it first started playing, I was like what the fuck is this? Some Jackson Brown. It ain't Jackson Brown, <laughs> but it's something like that. And I'm like yeah. but but no, but I like that kind of music and it, well, I do too. And but. I think it works with the opening scene while it's playing because it shows a guy just kind of like being to himself and kind of, uh, you know, sad. And the song itself is about missing somewhere you used to be. So it's like this guy misses something. You know, he he's lamenting. Mm-hmm. So I got that. Then he's you a get sad boy. He's a sad boy. You you meet all the guys that are in this castle, mm-hmm. and it. Dude, I swear to God, the first hour or so of this movie is just almost nonstop, almost nonstop hilarious. And I mean that in not a bad way. It's a great way. Like, this is, to me, genuinely funny. What? Yeah. Yeah. No. Bullshit. I struggled. I struggled in the first two acts of this movie. What? Yeah. I've, maybe it's, even though I didn't know anything about it, I... It was just so far away from what I was expecting, but I don't know what I was expecting. I, after I got through it, I was like, okay, well, that was not really a horror movie. I'll I'll call it fringe horror for certain aspects and elements of it. And that ending is pretty dark, but just, it kind of drove me nuts. It kind of drove me nuts. I was like, what the hell is going on? I did like the characters though. It was goofy. Okay, you know what it reminded me of? Have you ever seen Stripes with with Bill Murray? No, but but it reminded me of sort of like it's a mad, 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 mad world or or something like that. Like yeah, it 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 the the characters are so over the top, but they're crazy. Mm-hmm. The things yes. they say and do, I just constantly was laughing. I have no idea, man. Like I thought it was working, and then. When when Colonel Kane shows up and he's just playing it straight as fuck, I love the scene where he gets there. He first shows up at the castle and he's talking to the medical guy, the medical officer. And, and then the medical <laughs> yeah. officer is like, yeah, just uh, follow the yellow brick road or whatever. Like He's saying weird shit during their conversation and turns out he's not the guy. Like he just pretends to be the. He's the just medical. another he's, crazy guy. Yeah. And, and the real medical officer shows up with no pants on. Because the pretend medical officer stole his pants. And so he yeah. looks crazy too. And I don't know, man. Like that that shit, everything I, with these guys worked for me. I've got a really, I don't know, strange, unique, something sense of humor. And I think what I should have done is I should have like turned this off after like 20 minutes and just kind of like reset my brain because I was not in the right mindset or mood for this type of movie. I, I was... Yeah, just just like you, I didn't know what I was getting into. So when it started, I was thrown by the opening song. I was thrown by the comedy coming at me, but I like that kind of comedy. So I just kind of went with it. And 
the movie took me on a fucking journey, dude. Like this was very unexpected. I mean, when you was. hear the title, the ninth configuration, I, I like my brain's like some scary devil shit. I was like, fuck yeah. Just ram it right down my throat. <laughs> <laughs> I thought when we saw these opening castles shots and, and everything, I didn't even know this was involving. I didn't read a synopsis. I didn't know. So yeah. when these guys are just like, pretending army i thought they were pretending army until the movie explains to me that these are all crazy folk uh stacy keach does a narration which uh that his voice sounds familiar man i think he's done voiceover work as well as acting because he probably his, his voice sounds really familiar well um, you keep going i'll look up a little bit more in depth for you well just all everyone being so eccentric like all the patients um I, I liked all of that. And Kane Kane gets there and his like you said, his job is to oversee and help all of these guys that have this uh post-traumatic stress to the point to where they've been driven mad. Not mad like they're completely loony bins, but they're they're broken. Their minds are broken, and you can tell. Like we were talking about earlier, there's one guy in here, these are all Marines, right? There's one guy in here that um is re- structuring and and redoing all the plays of Shakespeare for dogs starring dogs <laughs> that's that's actually happening mm -hmm. in this movie and it's something that plays out throughout the movie it keeps getting brought up and and shown in in different ways i just thought that was like the commitment to some of the choices in this script this came from a novel so this felt like it felt like it came from a novel and the runtime actually does it a a, a, a service i think you can't tell a story like this in an hour and a half. If anything, this movie could have been a little bit longer, honestly, and I would have enjoyed mm. that. I, I disagree. I, I'm just but, saying. Yeah. But, you know, just me. One interesting thing that I noticed in this movie, we meet, we meet basically the two, the, there's like what, three stars of this movie. There's Colonel Kane. There's, um, uh, the da, 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 Colonel Cutshaw, Cutshaw and, 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 and Cutshaw. Yep. To me, those are the three like sort of main people. And Cutshaw is an astronaut who decided the last second, literally he was in the spaceship, the rocket ship. They were about to blast off. He was going to the moon. He he freaked the fuck out, called the, the whole mission off and, you know, committed himself there or got committed there. I don't know how that works. Um, I think they're voluntary. I don't remember. But Cutshaw is the guy from The Exorcist. No, Cutshaw is Herschel. Yeah, Cutshaw is the astronaut that Reagan tells you're going to die up there from The Exorcist. The Ninth Configuration is a sequel to The <laughs> Exorcist. No, it really is. That character uh, is yeah? that character. Yeah. <laughs> That's who I he mean, is. I mean, it's written by the same guy, so. No, it's actually that guy. Oh, oh it actually, actually? Yes. Oh, no shit. This is in 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 universe, the ninth configuration okay. is a sequel to The Exorcist. Boom. Welcome to the Joe Blow Horror Show, bitch. I got to rewatch The Exorcist. It's been too long. Reagan tells her, "You're going to die up there." You don't remember that? Mhm. Mm That's him. I haven't seen the movie in forever. That's probably what puts the fear in his mind, man. Yeah. 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 Okay, I'm just just throwing that out. So, Kane meets Cutshaw. Cutshaw's nuts. Cutshaw hands him one of his medals after this funny scene where he's like, "Oh, would you looking at my medal?" He's like, "No, no, no, no." He's like, "Coveting, oh, coveting my medal." 
Yeah, he's like, well, you, you think covetous. it's beautiful? Yeah, you could tell he's educated too. He uses some exquisitely big words. Yeah, well, and every that's the thing. Everybody here, you can tell they're just a screw loose. They're not completely wackadoo. They're just a screw loose. Everyone out there in the medical field is going to be so mad at me for using these terms. But look, I'm not a professional. <laughs> all right, I'm a movie watcher. I, I I would be surprised if we actually had like some legit doctors and brain surgeons listening to this fucking shit show of a podcast. Well, even, even a nurse would be like, "This is not right." Yeah. You know, but but Cutshaw gives him the medal, even though he's pissed off at him. But it's because they connect. I like I, I like everything between Cutshaw and Kane. I mean, it, it's without them to this movie. I mean, that's the heart of the movie is their their kind of relationship throughout the film. So um, I'm going to chime in here real quick. Did you let me rephrase that? I five minutes after you meet Kane, I knew something was up. I knew something was up and I was waiting and waiting. And I'm not saying I called the ending, but I wasn't all that far off on it. Did he come off as far as his character different? I mean, did that raise red flags in your, you know, horror watching brain? Well, they, they, uh, that, but they keep saying too, they keep alluding to a story where the inmates pose as the doctors and this, that, and the So all of that, yes, his vibe his dream saying even before that conversation because yeah no, you're you're yeah on his way there he's fucking having flashbacks and hearing shit in his mind it's like well he's troubled something's wrong with this guy even though he's mm -hmm. a psychiatrist even the patients notice it and they make mention of it that he's yeah. troubled um, i just was i was so bored for the first and second act that i was like this has to be building up into some kind of what i hope was going to be a decent reveal mm. Because I thought it was pretty slow at first, and I'm like, it's building, it's building. Well, okay, so th again, the movie does take its time, but for for like when I was watching it, I'm like, well, I'm enjoying the comedy, I'm enjoying learning about all these characters, I'm enjoying seeing all these interactions. The movie doesn't feel like it's going anywhere for a while, but what it's doing is just fleshing out the patience and 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 how you know what they're all doing, what their personalities are like. Robert Loja thinks he's on venus and he wants you know, his flying belt back and that comes in later whenever whenever kane decides to um what's that word we're, we're using big words indulge the patients mm -hmm. and and actually have them live out their fantasies he, he he brings in all these dogs he brings in all this these uh uh equipment so that the one guy can paint the sistine chapel he brings in a flying jet pack a jet pack for fucking Robert Loja to fly around this castle in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's I funny. Mean, I want to touch on one thing that you just mentioned because you said that the you know watching this movie, the first act or two, you're there's there's no direction. That's exactly what I wrote down. Actually, I said that it's so slow it seems disjointed, leaving you wonder wondering if there is a direction. That's the second thing I wrote down because yeah, you're right. There's it comes off as far as no direction and and. You know, you're you're left with what's supposed to be this fun ride, fleshing out characters, getting to know certain characters. But then if you stop and take a breath, you're like, I have no idea where this is going. You know, it seems like there's no direction here. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I agree with that. And I did feel that way. I just wasn't I just wasn't um, turned off by it is all like I, I was waiting. I knew the movie was long. I knew I was about halfway into it or getting to the halfway point 
and I'm like, this is a long first act or something. Like eventually it's going to turn a corner. And I, But the thing is, I, I wasn't waiting for it. I was enjoying what it was doing. Sure. So that's just kind of where I was with that. But, um, so we, we, you know what? We don't need to hit this one beat by beat because, mm-hmm. yeah. There's, I, I it's, could, yeah, well, I mean, we can. You, you don't enjoy it, so I don't want to go through every detail. But I could I could dissect this movie and talk about all the scenes. This shit was dope. This this was really a dope. I'm glad you picked this. I'm sorry you're not, but I'm glad you did, man, because I wouldn't have watched this for a long time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm glad I watched this because I'm gonna be watching it again. I'm just showing my hand, but I um, I I I I don't really want to, but I feel like I need to just because I know what to expect and I might be able to appreciate it a little bit more. But as I far think as you'd with, find the comedy a lot more, like I think you'd find it a lot more funny if you watched it again, knowing yeah. that you're gonna sit through a lot of this zany shit for a while. Yeah. And that's kind of exactly what it is, is you, it, it's funny because you get a, like my other favorite character is a uh, groper. Uh, is it major groper, whoever like the drill mm-hmm. sergeant type guy is, he's pretty good, but that's essentially major what it is. is. Yeah. Is, is you just get him and he's got these unconventional tactics, which once you find out the twist or the reveal, you're like, okay, that makes sense. But, you know, always leaving his door open, meeting with the patients, you know, in the oh, middle of about- the night. You're talking Kane. about Kane now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Leave it. Yeah. And they're like, you need to get some sleep. And he's like, nope, I got to be available with them. And, and and they'll just have these goofy requests. And he's got virtually like no, he, he is, he's just one dimensional as far as his, his attitude and his, the way he portrays himself. He's very stoic. Yeah. Um, stoic. Yeah. Yeah. As far. Yeah. yeah. He, he shows no emotion. Uh, he's getting his sleeve cut off. He's getting his face painted. He's letting them do whatever they want. He, you know, I guess what's the first real thing we get to is, is him and Cutshaw kind of start to develop a relationship. And it's funny because he just comes in, he's like, take me to mass. And you're like, okay. Well, no, 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 no. They have, this is why I'd like to break it down because it, the, the scene leading up to him going to church is all about his, questioning god and he basically he just he likens god to a big foot he starts calling god a foot for the for the duration of the film um cutshaw's problem is he doesn't see god in the world because there's so much evil in the world and he doesn't he doesn't see how there could be a god that cares about everybody and all this evil which is a fundamental question we i think everybody has in their life unless unless they've always been of faith uh, if you've ever questioned your faith then that's probably a thing you've thought I like these kinds of themes and I like these kinds of conversations and I like when a movie dives into them the way this movie did, like really dove in because even though these patients are kind of wackadoo, they really dive into it and they talk about it. I like the scene where, um, uh, father Karras from the exorcist goes in there and starts talking about, um, Hamlet and acting, how acting crazy is a way of coping. For some mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Yep. How they and act it, crazy to stay sane. And it makes the methods of, of Colonel Kane sort of make sense in that regard. And I like the line too, when, 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 uh, Karis leaves and he's talking to Spinell and he's like, did he buy it? And he's like, I think I bought it. Like, mm-hmm. holy shit. Like th- th- there's just some really good dialogue in this movie, in my opinion. And that, but the scene leading up to them, yes, he goes to church and, 
he kind of sorts sort of starts to find something there and i'm not saying he's like converted and a religious man but well he he gets that i think this is what started to trigger his flashbacks being more and more you know and there's also that scene too where the the medic meets him in the middle of the night and he's like you know nightmare and he's like yep but they're not mine they're someone else's Mm -hmm. so you know something ain't right but he's talking about these nightmares he has but he's like they're not mine though they're they were told to me um and then this is about the time Go ahead. Before we leave the church scene real quick, I love the line Cut Shaw says. He stands up in the middle of church and says, Inf- infinite goodness can only come from something that will create a being that is going to complain anyway. I'm paraphrasing, but that's almost like his realization about himself, Cut Shaw, the astronaut who decided not to go to the moon at the last second. And we find out why at the end of the film. He he has this realization like I'm a whiny little I'm not okay. Listen, anyone with serious problems, this is a joke, but I mean this with all love because I've been through the mental trenches too. But instead of being a whiny little, everyone can be a whiny little bitch. And the the thing he the the conclusion he came to, or at least the thought he was grasping at at that moment was that like only a only a good God would make somebody who's going to question that god and bitch about everything god gave them you know and by the way listeners i'm not a religious person okay but but i'm coming from this from the point of view of like that thought that he had gives me some kind of weird comfort i don't even know how to describe it but I like that thought and I like that bit of dialogue I didn't mean to derail but I just wanted to touch on that real quick because I really did like that that particular line in that scene yeah you know the one thing that that makes this movie fun at least whether you enjoyed it or not makes it fun to talk about is it's one of those because you get that aha moment at the end and you get that okay so and then you go back and other parts of the movie make more sense and you you know something that you just kind of glanced over you're like okay that was actually you know pretty cool or pretty thoughtful or that was that was fairly well done but you know, a lot of these scenes of the flashbacks or the dreams and nightmares he have start to start to make more sense. And as the movie progresses into the third act, which is, I would say, the third act starting right after the, the church scene, shit kind of unwinds and unravels a little bit there. And you're, yeah, it, it, you're, and, and you're just kind of left with... Uh, you're you're building doubt in your brain about certain things, but you're also trying to put stuff together and build that puzzle. You're right. After the church scene, we are getting into the the final act of the movie. You have a guy show up who triggers one of Kane's flashbacks, and that that this is when we learned because earlier in the film he told um, Colonel Fell about his brother being the, the killer, killer Kane, killer Kane. Yeah, which um. I think this story was written. What, what was the title? The, the 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 story. Something something killer Kane. Yeah. yeah, this is based on something from before that. Um, but yeah. Anywho, his brother was this um notorious marine who took out like forty or fifty guys with his bare hands by himself, and um he called him a murderer. Yeah, and and the the way Colonel Kane, as we see him in the story, talks about it, he calls his brother a murderer and says that his brother's dead. And 
right after that, Colonel Fell walks out the room and starts crying. I don't I, I no matter no matter what might have been kind of like clued in on, I had no idea why that man was crying until later in yeah. the film. Yeah, me neither. And it gets revealed after after Colonel Kane passes out. Um, it, it is revealed that he, in fact, was the brother he was talking about. He is Killer Kane. He's the the murderous fucking Marine that sawed a little boy's head off with a wire. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know the circumstances of that. I only seen this film once, so I don't remember what exactly it was, that was it was he was in the in the bush in vietnam and it was a vietnamese kid and it was a young kid because they do show his face they don't show any of the act or anything but you do see him holding uh, the, head the, the, the head yeah 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 so he's done some fucked up shit and that's why he's all fucked up turns out colonel fells his brother his older brother and he was originally supposed to be the psychiatrist over this castle a mix-up happened in the in like the army, like telegraphing information to each other about transporting people, blah blah blah. And Killer Kane got mistaken for his older brother and was also transported to this castle as the psychiatrist. So his older brother decides to take on the role of his caretaker and work him through his therapy while also trying to help all the other patients through this therapy. It's 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 a little convoluted, but not to me, not the way the movie plays it out. This sounds convoluted talking about it, but the way the movie showed it to us, I felt it made sense and I felt it was yes. explained really well. So basically they they knew they made the mistake, but his brother is like, no, actually this will be good for his therapy or whatever his, you know, whatever you want to call it. So he went in just pretending to be a regular medic when he was actually in charge the whole time, but nobody knew it. Nobody knew it except um that that well the guy that came in that triggered all the, the stuff. bullshit yeah yeah uh at w whenever whenever it's learned by a lot of the patients that um kane is not a real psychiatrist and that he's in fact a fraud uh cutshaw takes this to heart steals a car leaves the castle and goes to a local dive bar and it's full of bikers and this biker gang is the best. <laughs> oh, my God. Let me just say that this was the first scene in the movie where I was like, yeah, this is great. This oh. is I wrote this down because I was like, I am enjoying this. The biker gang leader. Oh, my God. Yes. He's a fucking 10 out of 10. He is, he's, a, <laughs> yeah. he's a fucking beauty. He, he you know what he looked like was he looked like the ultimate warrior without makeup and the fucking <laughs> arm armbands on but I mean, he, he, he had he had like a mullet sort of with mm -hmm, like with mutton mm -hmm. chops guy liner yep yep just and a, fucking big arms and, and sleeveless fucking yep. vest and shit yeah gayer than a two dollar bill and i just loved it he was he was i think he was a gay guy who couldn't be gay to his biker friends even though one of his biker yeah. friends tried shoving their dick in cutthroat's mouth or yeah, yeah. mouth, by the way and and he like made out and you know the 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 main guy made out and was kissing him i mean it was i was like this i i feel like we could have just done a whole <laughs> podcast on this bar scene yeah the we bar could. scene had some thematically had some shit going on this bar scene is a banger this is the climax of the film that's where we're at folks so <laughs> Um, 
Cutshaw's down there getting harassed by this biker gang. He's being poured, beer's being poured on him. He's being humiliated, slapped in the face like a bitch by another man. Because if a man slaps another man, that's insulting. That means yeah. you're not even a threat yeah. to them. They're just like slapping you around like a little rag doll. Yep. It's like, yeah, okay, you'd rather cool. get punched in the face than slap the face. A hundred. If you, if, dude, punch me. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Then I know what's up. You slap me though. It's like, bro, you have dishonored me. Like, mm-hmm. no, now, now it's on for Donkey Kong. But uh, fucking Kane is like, fuck this. He goes out there. They find out because uh, one of the waitresses, thank God, bless her heart. Yeah. Goes and calls around to find out, you know, that's what it is. That's the impetus for them fucking with him. The biker gang finds out that Cutshaw is, is the, the astronaut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, they, they keep fucking with him. I just sitting there watching this at first, I was getting frustrated, pissed because I so much wanted him to either snap out of his his delusions uh, of, of of him being crazy, or I wanted to, him to stand up for himself. And neither of those happened. Neither of them. No. Well, because he was so broken, he was already yeah. so broken, and. It, well, it was done so well, too, because he kept saying, you know, same Marines suck and, you know, doing all this stuff like do this what, and we'll let you go. And he did that both with with Cutshaw and with Kane. And you're just sitting there like motherfucker. Like and he he just would not. He he was lying. He he wasn't a man of his word. He's just fucking scum. What I liked is that every time he fuck he tried to fuck. So Kane shows up and he's like like Tuna was saying, he is the stoic man. He is the peaceful man. He he is he has completely crammed the old version of himself into a, a some corner of his mind and killed that person. Now all that's left of him is the best of him. He's just a good person. He's just trying to do what's right. And well, the, you the, do you do see him crack though. Earlier, right? you see yeah, him yeah, crack yes. with Groper, and that was Thanks. actually pretty a pretty legit scene. Um, yeah, that, that, I mean, I'll let you, I'll let you talk about this. Cause I know you're just getting fucking well, rock hard. Well, no, that scene's fire though. I'm glad you, 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 you noticed that scene. Cause I did too, dude. Stacy Keach goes from a zero to a Jaguar in like two seconds. Like that motherfucker goes off. Cause they're basically what, what at one point he has all the inmates, um, feeling like they're, uh, not. Exactly. He has all the patients feeling like they're inmates at a Nazi camp. So all the guards and Kane are wearing Nazi uniforms with the armband and everything. And Groper is like, what the fuck is this? Why am I doing this? And blah, blah, blah. Stacy Keach just fucking like goes Krakatawa on his ass. He he pompeys his ass because... And that that scene is dope. You're going to wear this uniform. You're going to sleep in this uniform. And if you try to take it off, you will die in this uniform. I'm like, God damn. And it's crazy because, like I said, the entire fucking movie, you just get this stoic demeanor and one dimension cane. And so so that was a little bit before this bar scene. But you see him starting to crack a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then he shows up. And same thing. He grabs Cutshaw. They're like, we're getting out of here. And he does the same thing. He's like, say Marines suck. And he's having them do all this stuff and he jumps a beer on him. He's like, lick the floor and then just fucking wires cross. Bro, when you have that, that that's the that that's the final straw. When you have that sad boy licking fucking beer off the goddamn wooden floor 
in this dusty, nasty bar. And then you got that one dude like shoving his junk and cut Shaw's face in the background. You're uh, like, what the fuck? This is what I was wanting. And while I'm watching the movie, I'm I'm just sitting there telling myself, please let this be the scene where Kane just reverts and goes ape shit. And goddamn, thank you. Rest in peace, William Peter Blatty. You gave me exactly what my heart inside wanted. Inside all four chambers of my heart, deep in the bowels of my cockles. Shuttle the pod. They gave cockles. me what I wanted. Yeah, gave me what I wanted, man. Kane goes fucking ape shit and destroys this goddamn bar. He beats the shit out of everyone and he fucking throws biker gang leader through the fucking window. Fuck you. Boom. I will say though that as much as I enjoyed this scene, I was he, he kills everyone. He I was disappointed everyone. because it was, I'm going to go ahead and say it was poorly done in the context of what he was built up to be. So when you hear the stories and he's talking about, you know, the killer cane and how he kills all of these people with his bare hands and this and that he comes alive and you're seeing this, but it's like he punches one person, he throws someone else against the wall. He, he punches another person and he breaks all arms. dead. He breaks arms. He smashes jaws. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I was expecting more. I was expecting more. Well, I mean, look, Hey, if he would have went ape shit and not a saw like, like a lot of gore. Yeah. I'd be down for that, but I was very, and I hear you. I'm not even really seeing gore. I'm just saying like, they didn't even do that good of a job as far as, in my opinion, making you believe that they're all dead. This ain't Roadhouse. I mean, yeah, it ain't Roadhouse. Know. You're right. No, I've never even seen that movie, but I know some bar oh. ass kicking happens. Oh in that man, movie. dude, yeah. Sam Elliott's a fucking G in that movie. <laughs> I've just never seen it. It's on the list, though. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, well fair, fair enough, fair enough. But I'm but just I saying, did... like, is it, it, okay? I, I'm saying it in a context of this built up character in your brain of the killer Kane killing 50 people. No, no, I hear you. And and this is my argument. He one shots everybody. That's what he's built up to be. He fucking kills people with one karate chop to the back of the neck. Yeah. Yeah. He, he kills women. He don't give a fuck, Mm -hmm. dude. I mean, she came at him. She she came came at him. him, So yeah, he's throwing people into the fucking bar behind the bar He's throwing people through windows. He's throwing people over tables. He's slamming their faces up against the wall, and there's blood everywhere. Eyes are rolling. Fucking bodies are rolling. Beer bottles are rolling. <laughs> Fuck around like and find out. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 but I do think this builds up towards the end because the cops get involved because he killed everybody. Mm-hmm. They go to the insane asylum, and they're like, look, we're taking them in. We don't care if y'all the army, whatever. We're taking them in. And... You know, the guards are like, <laughs> no, nah, because they, they're standing up for him. And that and that and that's the, his fellow Marines, you know, brothers. They're all they're all together. So upstairs, Cutshaw is having one final conversation with Kane. We didn't know this was going to be one final conversation, but that's what it's turning out to be throughout the film. Cutshaw has been dealing with. You know, well, he didn't want to go to space. He didn't want to go to the moon. And it turns out the reason was is 
he thought long and hard about the emptiness of space, the stars being so far away. He calls space cold. He yep. says he'd be alone. Like, what if he went to the moon and he couldn't get back? And he what said if he was just afraid. I was afraid. Straight up. Yeah. Straight up just scared, man. And he says, if I'm on the moon and I can't get back, he's like, sure, everybody dies, but I don't want to die alone. And if there's no God, then that's really, really, really alone. That That line is said like a child would say it. But like a grown man who's really fucking scared is going to mm-hmm. say it too. It's just pure and raw. And I loved it. And it got yeah. cosmic. It got cosmic as fuck is what it did right then and there. This motherfucker is experiencing cosmic dread. That's what cosmic dread is, is finding out you're small. You mean nothing and you're all alone. And instead of embracing it, he's kicking and screaming. Mm-hmm. But also and, and there's, a, there's a term or a term, uh, not a term, a line that earlier in the movie they have this argument about mm-hmm. can people be good um you know you're, and, you're getting at my point okay do, it. do yep. it so kane is trying to make these these arguments that yeah people are good and they do have selfless selfless acts and he's talking about um you know the soldier that lays down on a grenade to save his fellow whatever or, and the, or, or the guy that that uh, typhoid that goes overboard on the lifeboats yep. and not get everyone yep. else sick. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And he's like, well, that's suicide. And he's like, well, the guy throwing himself on a grenade. Well, that's uh that's just instinct. And after that conversation, he leaves. And the one thing that Kutchaw says is if you die before me, you know, give me a sign if there is something afterwards. So that's, I mean, that's, we're at the end of the movie. Uh, Kane is wrapped up in a blanket and he's sitting there and Cut is just kind of, a, a, you know, opening himself up. Yep. Basically what Kane has wanted the whole time he was there. And um, he goes back, you know, Cut goes back to his room, finds a little speck of blood on his boot. And in another frame, we see Kane drop a knife while he cut his wrists. And he's laying there and he's bleeding out, you know, fade to black. Sometime later. You see Kutcha, he's in uniform again, so we know he's back with NASA and the military. He goes back to the the, the castle, I guess, and yeah. he reads a letter that that you know Kane wrote for him and you know comes back out to the car and there's there's his medallion sitting on the seat. Yeah, the hey. same one that he gave to Kane, and that's Kane's way of saying, Hey man, there's another side. Fucking A. I what the the themes this movie dealt with and the way it dealt with them just what this was overall was a fucking surprise man this was a great surprise I I I love these kinds of themes I love these kinds of questions um struggling with my faith was something that started for me when I was a, like a preteen going into my teenage years because I was brought up a uh, Christian and I believed in everything wholeheartedly so when when it entered my mind that it could all possibly not be real, you know, ever since then, I love these these, these types of themes. And when a movie treats it with a lot of respect like this and even gives it a hopeful outcome, even if that's not necessarily my belief, because um, I don't even know what the fuck I believe, you know, like, really, I don't I can't tell you what the answers are, mm-hmm. but I, but I, but I, I like I like the. 
I like the positive spin on it. And yeah, man, this guy killed himself to give somebody else their life back. Yeah. He was a he was like a Masson. How you say that word? Messiah. Be, yeah, Messiah, but messianic figure. Mm. That's that's what Colonel Kane was. And Kane, huh? Kane and Abel? Hmm. I don't know. There might be some ties there. I I literally just had that thought. Mm. Um, Kane was his brother's keeper, right? Um, that story didn't go so well, but you know, yeah. instead, instead, this time, flip the script. Kane kills himself. Cut Shaw. Yeah. Cut Shaw. Cut cut Shaw your wrist open, cuh. Cut and, Shaw your wrist open. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I'll give my final thoughts and ratings here. I'll go first because you're probably going to bring us up after this. I will say that <laughs> talking about this movie, you talked me up an entire point. Yeah. So whoop, whoop. I'm going to make this real quick. Here, Here is what I initially wrote down, and then I'll elaborate on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The first two acts of this movie were awful. They were so slow. I just could not get through it. But I like the third act. Okay. I'm coming in. I'm going to give this one point for acting because the acting was really good. I'm going to give this one point for the cool castle setting. Yeah. Yep. And one point for the bar scene. So I was initially at a three out of 10 for this, but I did like, I thought that the ending was kind of Hollywood-ish, but I think that. Really? Yeah, but I, I'm going to I'm gonna come back on that a little bit because it did play out through the movie. So it's not me. But also it's, it's but also I would say, and I'm, I'm not trying to, but he, a guy killed himself. No, well, I meant, I meant just the, like, I would have, I would have preferred something to wrap up in that moment at the at the I, I just thought that him coming back and like the do to do everyone's gonna ride off into the sunset and then finding that medallion on the seat at the very end i just was like eh. but i'm coming back on that a little bit because there were themes that played out through the movie so it's not like they just you know hey test audiences didn't like that we're gonna do this no mm-hmm. this was the original plan and it did play out through the movie so i'm coming back on that a little bit but i'm, I'm, I'm ultimately coming in at four out of ten on this so you talked me up a whole point I, i'm glad i talked you up a whole point but to think that this is not even average is blowing my mind dude the, this the, is the first two two acts were were fucking brutal like I, I get, i'm i'm i get that it didn't work for mm, you i hope you watch mm, it again because i, I think do too you'd, i think you'd at least say a six out of ten at least because this is not your average movie this is not average this is not an average film you're right there's it, it it was, yeah. But a four I mean, out of ten, I understand it. It just didn't work for. Listen, you it was two much. hours, and I didn't yeah. want to. I didn't want to cut in earlier when you're saying, but I disagree in that this could have been longer. I thought it was too long. Yeah, there are. You're gonna have to, you know, flesh out some characters and build some background and stuff. But the first two acts were so fucking brutally slow. I just kept waiting and waiting and waiting. The third act really did pick up. I like that bar scene, but even still, if I'm gonna critique at that bar scene, yeah. If you would have told me that, hey, we're going to see a scene now with the killer Kane, the guy that killed 50 people, I would just would have expected more. So, but again, four out of 10, I'm, I'm done rambling. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to like that's And like I was saying, that's your experience watching this for our first time. So that's how it came across. Hey man, for me, the comedy work, the whole first 
we keep saying this movie's three acts. I think it's two. I think it's a build up and then it switches gears. Um, yeah, it's it's although the end of two and beginning or end of one and beginning of two kind of blend in, but you do have the cracks. You know, I would say the second act is kind of where you're starting to see the cracks and I'm your brain puts up together. But I'm not yeah. going to disagree with that. I just feel like from the way I watched it, it was two halves. There was a whole comedic first half that dealt with some serious shit and gave you some some inklings, and then the movie switched gears, and then you get into the whole other side of the film that's it's darker. It's just a darker half, and. To, to to bring it all around, like yeah, the, the 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 fight, the bar scene could have been more brutal, or at least just more like exemplary of his skill. Mm-hmm. But that that comes down to who knows what, man. I I really don't know. But but I will say for me, I thought it was explosive because we hadn't had anything like this in the movie yet. Nothing. You're right. It, it was a it was a stark contrast of what we'd seen leading up to it. Yeah, I that that that's kind of where I came in. Um. Again, I talked about the themes, so I kind of already gave my final thoughts on all that. The ninth configuration is getting a nine out of ten from me on the first watch. Like this movie blew my fucking mind. I did not expect this, and I think it's going to go up with another watch because there's a lot I'm sure I missed, especially the funny parts. I know I got all the deep stuff off the bat um, when it switched gears and went in that mode, and even even in the even in the earlier parts where it's mostly comedy and there's comedy interspersed in the deepness of their conversations between Kane and the patients. I, I, I still caught on to it. The writing like, okay, was, was pretty good. The writing was pretty good. I, it came from a novelist who mm-hmm. adapted his own work. I think he knew what he was doing. That guy, yeah. that's the exorcist writer, man. I mean, come on, even though I'm not the biggest fan of the exorcist, I know what it is, you know? Um, and when I, oh, for any listener out there, that does not mean I hate The Exorcist by any stretch. I love that movie. It's just not one of my favorites like it is for some people. But yeah, I'm coming in. Ninth Configuration gets a 9 out of 10. Oh, mm. we never talked about what the Ninth Configuration means. We never talked about that scene. Mm. There, there's a scene in the film. It's a dreamlike sequence where um, Cutshaw's on the moon planting the American flag and Stacy Keach, Colonel Kane, is narrating over it. Uh, Shaw turns, Cutshaw turns around and sees Jesus crucified on the cross on the moon. Amazing imagery, by the way. This was just an amazing shot. And they're discussing the odds of life on Earth come down to, uh, I don't know, it's some astronomical number of uh, protein molecules compounding and, and forming to create life on Earth. The odds of that happening versus believing a God made it it's almost easier to just believe God made everything because it's like the odds are this would never happen. But the ninth configuration itself is something to do with that protein molecule, but I still can't quite figure out what that title means. If it's just related to that or even what that itself means. I I don't know. I'm not a biologist or a chemist. So if anyone out, if any, (laughs) we already talked about neurosurgeons listening to this or nurses, if any neurosurgeons, nurses, biologists, or chemists can explain the term, not the film, because we just did that for you, the ninth configuration, please hit us up at uh, Show at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Show. You can also find us on Instagram at Show and Slasher at Show. There's also a Twitter. So, you know, Joe Blow. 
whatever the fuck it is on that. I think it's like at Joe, Joe Blow Horror. Yeah, Joe Blow Horror one. Uh, is there one in there? There's no yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, there's a one at the end. Is there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Joe Blow H O R R the number one, not spelled out the number the the number. So yep. Mm. Yeah, hit us up. Let us know Good what that know. ninth configuration title means because I don't fucking know. I th- I thought I mean if if this movie wasn't such a piece of steaming dog shit, I probably would have done a little bit more research. But I'm just glad to be done talking about it there, bud. I'm glad that I picked this piece of dog shit up and put it in my little bag. He brought it home and took a little butter knife out my drawer mm-hmm. and took a bite. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cut it. Yeah. Yep. Took a little just, bite of this dog shit. Yeah. Love just, it. You roll that in some fruity pebbles and get a good crust on it and fry it up and powdered sugar and some caramel and a little whipped cream. I didn't expect Here's the your... cosmic. I didn't expect the cosmicism, bro. The cosmicism came in right at the end. It's like it turns out Cutshaw is just cosmically enlightened and scared of it. I was He's wondering if you were going to like this. I was hoping you would. I was like, God, if I hate it, I hope he likes it at least. Oh, so. well, we've never come in on a film both hating a movie to death, huh? I don't, I don't think, think that's so. ever happened. No. I was going to say this, my Joyride. I think Joyride might have been a four, but I'm trying to think. Ugh. This might be the lowest. This might be the lowest fucking. Oh, <laughs> rated movie. For Joyride, are you gross? What are you what? talking about? You like that one? That movie is the best. Oh my god, Steve Art. Zahn and Paul Walker. Yeah, yeah, bro. Mm, not my jam. Andy Kane. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh god, or I uh, grew up with that movie. Yeah, of course you did. Dr- Drunk Darius picked that one. I'm like, God, I hate you. Double D. What was what, the first one you ever did? Cherry Falls or Darkness Falls? Uh, it was it was fucking Darkness Falls and yeah. goddamn, you didn't yeah, like talk, that one. Talk about a one. That's the lowest rating on the show ever. Well, no, I think you came in lower at one point, but it was just to beat me, you son of a bitch. I gave Darkness Falls a one point five. I think you came in with something lower at some point. No, no, I think never so. Have. I think I'll go so. back. I'll go back and check. Go back but and check. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I gave Jorette a four and and this one a four. Oh. Unless, unless I maybe I did, and it was just so bad, I like just blocked it out of my memory. So, anyways, we will see you guys very shortly. We will be coming back with our new movie, which is going to be soft and quiet, and squishy and delicious, exquisite. And exquisite. Yeah. <laughs> nope. 2022's soft and quiet will be our next review, and we're going to throw a segment in with you guys. So, Tibu, what do you want to leave? our voluptuous exquisite listeners with when you find yourself in the ninth configuration just know that you're never going to die alone on the moon and thanks for listening to the joe blow horror show you fucks you wackadoos yeah fuck you all but i hope it was as good for you as it was for us just kidding i love you guys boom that was incredible Is it good for you? (laughs) I've had better.
It's been a while, but you've been on my mind. I've seen your rolling hills and winding rivers so clear that I could almost make them mine. I can almost see the old Bandera Highway stretching out. And the times we used to walk down by the river Now it seems like such a long, long time ago San Antonio, it's really good to see you It's been a while, but you've been on Sitting here, looking out the window Thinking just how good things used to be Well, I might be coming back to only memories Over San Antonio, you sure look good to me 